welcome to the wise cast by sundaram mutual hi there you're listening to arjun nagarajan chief economist and communications manager at sundaram mutual in this podcast we take a look at global negative yields and why it makes sense to global investors we also touch upon what it would take for negative yields to normalize and turn positive going forward For this discussion one needs to keep in mind that bond prices and bond yields they move in opposite directions this means that when the bond prices rise sharply on increased demand bond yields drop and vice versa from a negative yield standpoint a negative yield of minus 2% would have a higher bond price than that of a minus 1% bond yield i'll give that a second for it to sink in if i were to lend you say 100 rupees today and a year hence including interest i agree to collect 95 rupees back from you it would be a guaranteed way for me to lose my money on the face of it it wouldn't make sense to any rational investor at all but this is exactly what has been happening globally for nearly 5 years now before we continue this discussion it is also important to note here that you lose your money by investing in negative yields only if you hold them till maturity or if you get on the wrong side of the trade Investors are queuing up to buy negative yielding debt papers of governments and highly rated corporates. Over the years, the demand has risen to such an extent that even junk rated corporate paper trades at negative yields today. In other words, it means that as an investor, I am willing to pay you to borrow money from me. The market value of negative yielding debt rose to a peak of 17 trillion dollars end of August this year. and currently has settled lower to 12 trillion dollars this month this is from a rise of just 1 trillion dollars in november 2014 it is the smart investor who piles his money into negative yields if it is such a clear no brainer that negative yields loses your money why do institutions and smart investors still invest in them what are the different variables working to drive global yields lower into negative territory and keep them that way we'll take a look at that do note here that negative yields we speak of currently are the most prevalent in europe where the entire yield curve of many countries are in the negative territory this means that government paper for maturities starting from overnight all the way till tenure and beyond are in the negative territory negative yields can be seen as a bonanza for borrowers in the economy but a big pain for savers and lenders However, in reality they don't end up that way. This is because if one were to generalize, negative yields are a symptom of an underlying problem. The core of the problem is the lack of aggregate demand. In simple words, the absence of growth. Given this backdrop, let us now look at the various reasons why yields turn negative. Given that this is the most prevalent in Europe, Let us take the example of the European Central Bank or the ECB in this podcast. Firstly, policy rate cuts from the ECB. Post the euro crisis in 2011, the ECB had to start cutting both its lending and deposit rates. All was well until the start of 2014 when its deposit rates turned negative. Unlike the Federal Reserve's Fed rate, which is the overnight lending rate, the ECB's chosen policy tool was the deposit rate. It is this deposit rate that turned negative in 2014. What started at minus 0.05 now stands at minus 0.5 percent. Eurozone yields soon followed the direction of the ECB's policy rate. 
By cutting the deposit rate, the ECB was trying to disincentivize commercial banks and other financial institutions from depositing their excess cash with them. In other words, by charging a fee to hold the money of commercial banks, the ECB was pushing commercial banks to lend and boost the economy. Secondly, ECB's bond purchases under its QE program. The ECB started its QE program of bond purchases from the start of 2015. This ran its course all the way till the end of 2018, only to be restarted again this month. During the 2015 to 2018 phase under the QE program, the ECB on average had purchased nearly $3 trillion of bonds of various Eurozone countries in specified proportions. And like the laws of demand and supply work, large-scale bond purchases artificially pull down the yields of Eurozone economies across maturities that should, in an ideal situation, move lower only on better macroeconomic conditions. Thirdly, growth concerns. Renewed growth and inflation fears tend to drive more and more money into debt and away from equities, making sovereign debt costlier than they already are. Expectations of more negative yields then drive investors behind these asset classes with momentum traders joining in the mix to make a handsome capital gain. Gloomier the outlook, larger would be the shift into safer debt. Fourthly, fund mandates and regulatory requirements. Continued demand from debt funds that are constrained by their mandate to stay invested in debt added another layer to the increase in demand for such bonds. Further, pension funds and insurers have fewer asset classes to deploy their wealth and pile into sovereign debt and high-quality corporates. Regulatory requirements of commercial banks to keep certain proportion of their assets liquid added yet another layer of demand. Fifthly and finally, liquidity. Sovereign debt is highly liquid and this becomes another reason why money piles into sovereign debt first despite their negative yields. These are broadly the five reasons why yields turn negative, stay negative and sometimes move deeper into the negative zone. But note here that the underlying core reason is growth or the lack of it. Let's do a quick recap of all the five reasons. Policy rate cut from the ECB, the ECB's bond purchases under its QE program, growth concerns, fund mandates and regulatory requirements, and finally, liquidity. Now, negative yields can't go on for too long. This is mainly because commercial banks have not been able to pass on negative deposit rates of the ECB to their depositors for various obvious and not so obvious reasons. This therefore squeezes their margins. If negative rates were to deepen or continue, this would eventually eat into the profitability of commercial banks, creating fresh legs of economic weakness. Negative yields in Europe suppress yields elsewhere. Now, this is a little interesting. Continued and deeper negative yields in Europe lead to an abnormal increase in demand for non-negative yields. The money searching for positive yield by default find a home in US treasuries and other perceived safe haven economies. This significantly pulls down their yields. And in other words, Deeper negative yields in Europe and Japan have increased the demand for the US 10-year, for example, driving its prices much higher than normal. This leads to US 10-year yields trading at, say, 1.8% 
instead of trading at possibly 2% plus. When can one expect an unwind of all of this, an unwind of negative yields? When growth returns to the Eurozone, that would be the shortest answer. One must expect an unwind of negative yields when growth returns to the Eurozone. This would bring about inflation and push central banks to normalize their policy rates. Bond markets are likely to factor this well in advance and start their up move ahead of the policy shift. The most important question, however, is how the ECB would make this a gradual and a calibrated process. European debt currently is an extremely overpriced asset class that is being held up at such elevated prices purely on account of the above mentioned factors. Therefore, wriggling out of this would be more difficult than perceived, especially given that there has not been any historical precedent for both negative yields and for central banks calibrating their way out of them. Like Mario Draghi has been speaking of time and again, it probably is time for the Eurozone to consider fiscal policy measures that would help complement the monetary measures already undertaken. Fiscal policy would help bring back growth in a faster manner and may be an appropriate policy tool for the current scenario. Markets see Christian Lagarde, the current ECB president, to have a fiscal slant. What is even more important is that the ECB cannot continue its negative rate policy for too long. If it does, the ECB increases the risk of this policy, self-inflicting a slowdown. Hope you found that useful. Until next time, this is Arjun signing off. The Wisecast is a podcast initiative by Sundaram Mutual. We hope you like listening to us as much as we love presenting it to you. Stay tuned to the Wisecast to learn more about the world of mutual funds and investing. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risks. Read all scheme-related documents carefully.